everybody. This is Heidi St. John. How are you guys doing? I hope you had a great uh, Easter weekend with your families and that you enjoyed uh, Pastor Phil Hopper's interview with me yesterday. Today, we're going to talk about the headlines, and I'm going to give you a shot in the arm from the Bible. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So thanks for tuning in today. Lots of stuff going on this week, you guys. Does it just feel like, are you just so happy that spring is here? I mean, can we just, can we just a moment of silence? Because you know what? Spring. Mm-mm. I will take the allergies and the runny nose and the sneezing and all the things. I was, I don't know where I was the other day, in the store, I think maybe. And I'm having, you know, I mean, if, for those of you who've had allergies, then you know exactly what this is like. And I'm, you know, my eyes are kind of watery and my nose is kind of drippy and I sneeze. And you guys, I've never been more terrified to sneeze in public in my entire life. I felt like I needed to just jump back and say, it's okay. It's not the Rona. It's an allergy. I want to just give my medical history to everyone that was standing around me that looked, you know, um, dazed and confused by the fact that I would sneeze. <laughs> and I tried for the longest time. I was like, don't sneeze, don't sneeze, don't sneeze. Whoops. And it sneezed and I, and I couldn't, and I just, wow, that was a thing. So it's allergy season and the Pacific Northwest is in bloom. It is absolutely gorgeous here. And, uh, it just makes me happy to be alive. (laughs) I love, I love this time of year. It's almost like, you know, we have the opportunity to just hit the reset button, right? That's kind of what spring is all about. I've been asking you guys to send me an examples of getting off the bench. And for goodness sake, we have gotten hundreds of them. I'm so excited. So I'm going to start reading them to you so that you guys can be encouraged to a place in your own life where you're going to get off the bench and onto the battlefield. And so I'm excited to sort of add that to the podcast. So if you guys want to send us examples of how you're getting off the bench and onto the battlefield, we want to hear from you. HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday. And just let us know where you're coming from, where do you listen from, and what's God doing in your life. And uh, I can't wait. So we're going to start that today. Before I do that, I want to let you guys know about a mistake I made. And uh, I've done this before, but this was n- not so bad. But you guys, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm going to go to teach them diligently in Waco, but it's not in Waco. It's actually in Round Rock. So I'm really sorry about that. So we're getting it changed on my calendar and on the website. For those of you who are like, where's that? So Round Rock is about an hour from Waco, just north of Austin. And I'm going to be there April 22nd through the 24th. So get that on your calendars in Round Rock. I cannot wait to be there. You guys know I love speaking and teach them diligently. Love meeting you guys, just hearing what God's doing in your life. And uh, it's going to be just, it's going to be a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Today, I want to talk about uh, a passage out of Luke chapter six for just a couple of moments in response to an email that I received from a young mother who basically her pastor, who apparently is woke, uh, told her that her sticking to biblical principles concerning all manner of things, it wasn't just, you know, one issue. He said, you need to not judge. And I'm really tired of hearing Christians misapply the intent behind the passage, particularly uh, in Luke chapter six, where uh, Jesus is talking about judging, right? Jesus said, don't, don't judge, don't condemn. Uh, and so I'm going to read the passage to you, and then I want to talk to you guys about it, because I think there's two ways that we can look at it. 
One is focused on others. The other is focused on ourselves. So let's look at Luke chapter six really quickly. If you guys want to follow me, I'm reading from the NIV this morning, Luke chapter six, starting in verse 37. Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. He also told them this parable, can the blind lead the blind? Will they both not fall into a pit? The student is not above the teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like his teacher. So why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own? Or how can you say to your brother, brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when you yourself fail to see the plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. So that's Luke chapter six, verse 37 to 42. And we get a lot, you know, sometimes I'll say things on social media or even, you know, speaking at a conference doesn't really happen so often when I'm speaking in person, but I think, you know, we like to be, everybody likes to be an armchair warrior, you know, especially when it comes to social media and a lot of Christians or even non-Christians, you know, that one thing that they know that the Bible says is do not judge. And we've talked about this hundreds of times here at the podcast. Context is everything. So what is the context of Jesus saying, do not judge? Well, first of all, you have to understand who Jesus is talking to. So he's talking to the Pharisees. The Pharisees had a terrible habit of trying to catch people in sin, right? This is absolutely seen with the Samaritan woman that was caught in adultery. You guys remember the story, right? They wait for her. It's kind of a creepy story, really, because it seems like they're waiting to catch this woman and they do, which means I had to be watching her. The Bible says that they caught her in the act of adultery. And I'm imagining if they catch her in the act, they're, you know, yanking her out of the bed that she was in. And can you imagine the shame that she felt? This is how the, and then they of course took her to Jesus and said, you know, they're going to stone her. Doesn't the Bible say that if you commit adultery, you should be stoned? Well, Jesus then, right, begins to write The Bible says he begins to write in the dirt. We don't know what he wrote in the dirt, but I can imagine as he's looking around, this is Jesus, the son of God, the omniscient creator of the universe, looking at these men who had just caught this woman in the act of adultery and wanted to see, basically they're trying to trap Jesus. But Jesus said, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. Jesus always saying, look at your own life before you look at the lives of other people. It, first of all, it gives you compassion, or it should, because we're all we're all a mess at the end of the day, right? We've all got sin issues, every single one of us. And the Bible records that Jesus begins to write in the dirt. Now, we don't know what he was writing, but I would imagine he's writing the names. I can just picture Jesus writing the names of the uh, of the men who were there. And maybe he wrote, you know, you back there, you know. Maybe it was a guy named Peter. Again, this is just Heidi supposing. I have no idea. But Jesus is writing in the dirt. Maybe he writes, Peter, you you cheated on your taxes. Maybe he writes, you know, Benjamin, you, uh, you are not faithful to your wife. Quietly writing in the dirt. And the Bible says that one by one, the men began to leave. 
as the conviction of their own sin falls on them. And this is a lot of what's happening in Luke chapter 6, right? And we're watching uh, Jesus say, don't be judged and you won't be judged. Don't condemn and you won't be condemned. He goes on to say, listen, you guys, for the measure that you use is going to be measured to you. And then he goes on to say, you better take the plank out of your own eye before you start pontificating and fixating on the sawdust in your brother's eye. The Bible never says that we are not to judge. Another word for judge is discernment. So we do not have the ability to judge someone. In other words, we can't judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart, but we absolutely can speak to the fruit. The Bible says that you'll know a tree by its fruit. Jesus goes on to say this in verse 43, no good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit, but each tree is recognized by its own fruit. What is Jesus telling them to do right there? You can judge the tree by its fruit. So on the one end, in in verse 37, he says, don't judge and you will not be judged. But then in verse 43, he says, no good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. He's saying you must judge a tree and you can judge a tree by its fruit. This another word for judge is discern. We are called to be discerning. Christians are absolutely called to judge. We need to judge wisely. In other words, uh, when you see a uh, poor fruit coming out of somebody's life, maybe this isn't someone that you want to have to be a spiritual mentor in your life. Why? Because uh, you can see that the fruit is not good. Verse 45, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Jesus giving them example after example after example, but he's saying, you know, look at the look at the uh, the plank that's in your own eye, because whatever measure you use against somebody else, it's going to be measured in that way to you. Which is why he said to them, "Can the blind lead the blind?" This is why he's calling these 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 people who are judging the people around them wrongly. This is why he's saying. Hey, take the plank out of your own eye. You have no business judging this man. You have no business even speaking about the things that he's doing because your life is so out of whack right now. And so when I when I call out a particular sin or we're talking about something on, especially on social media, and the first thing that someone says to me is do not judge, I know that that person doesn't actually know the word and hasn't studied it to be an approved workman who does not need to be ashamed, who can rightly divide God's word. Because we're not called not to judge. We are called to wise and godly judgment. In other words, we, we, and we use, you guys, we judge things in the culture every single day. We judge things in our court system. That's what it's for. We put our, our, we put things up on the scales of justice every day in this nation and around the world. We can't do that if we, if we can't be wise, uh, wise discerners of any particular situation. And so I think it's interesting. One of one of the verses of, in the Bible that I quote often is in this passage, Luke 6, 40, a student is not above his teacher, but when everyone is fully trained, he'll be like his teacher. This is a reminder that our children are going to be an awful lot like the people that are influencing them in their everyday lives. This is why I'm such a proponent of you better know who's teaching your children. And I often tell homeschoolers, you know, and this is certainly was the case for me, 
when I began to take seriously my call as a mother to train and teach my children in righteousness, well, I'll tell you what, the spotlight fell hard on me. And I thought, boy, if when a student is fully trained, he'll be like his teacher. I got some growing up to do. And this is what Jesus wants us to do. We look first at ourselves. Lord, give me the wisdom that I need for this situation. Lord, help me with this area of sin in my life, this lack of self-control. Maybe the sin in my life is uh, is something that no one else knows about, but God does and I do. And so Jesus is saying, you better take the plank out of your own eye before you judge somebody else. So we look first to ourselves and we remove the plank from our lives. And then we extend grace to those around us because we recognize, oh, but by the, by the grace of God goes Heidi St. John. And it's a whole lot easier for us to see the faults in people that are around us than to see our own shortcomings and our own weaknesses. But if we're always just looking for the weaknesses of others, we're not going to be able ever to walk in right relationship with people because our focus will be on other people instead of ourselves. And so we need to pay more attention to our own faults in the areas that we need to grow. And then we can help reconcile others to God in the midst of their struggles. And we want to treat people with the same patience that God treats us with. And this is part of what Jesus is saying. And I love that he does that because God forgives us and God helps us. It doesn't mean that we ignore the weakness, but we got to be honest about it. And so the next time someone just says, don't judge, lest you be judged, you can say, thank you so much for the reminder. I'm to look to my own life first. But it doesn't mean that I can't call out sin when I see it. You know, this is part of the problem with the modern church, with the progressive church. We no longer want to call out sin and we're dying from it. The Bible teaches us that the wages of sin is death. It leads to death. And we must be honest about that. And so we've got to start talking about what it means to use discernment as we judge situations, as we look at the tree and we look at its fruit and we go, oh, look, Good, good root system, good tree. Look, it's bearing good fruit. Oh, bad tree bears bad fruit, right? This is the same thing that happens in our churches. It happens in politics. It happens in the workplace. It happens in our homes. And we must use discernment. And we must teach our children to be discerning. That is God's heart. And that's what God would have us do. I am so tickled, you guys, that I just kind of on a lark thought, I'm going to see if you guys are getting off the bench and getting onto the battlefield. And I've heard from a bunch of you. So I'm going to, I'm going to start talking about a couple of you, hopefully every episode. And, uh, The first one I want to talk about is Melissa, the first girl, Melissa from Sunset Beach. She said, Heidi, I'm getting off the bench by leading my church's mom's ministry and petition to reject critical race theory and Black Lives Matter in our school. And with the help of Seth Gruber, starting a pro-life ministry and prayerfully starting a podcast, all the while running two businesses and mothering and homeschooling my two sons. Melissa, look at you, girl. Way to get off the bench. Jennifer from Louisiana said, Isaiah 59, 16 says, and he wondered that there was no intercessor. The translation of intercessor is from the Hebrew word paga, which means to invade an assailant, an enemy, to assail with prayers. Is there anyone willing to do the work of intercession? I feel the Lord calling me to get off the bench to intercede to plan an attack on the enemy in prayer and worship. Lord, use me. I love that, Jennifer. 
we've talked about this many times on the on the podcast. Prayer is a labor, or it should be. Not like in a dredging, you know, a, a drudgery kind of a way, but we need those intercessors. Battles are won and lost on our knees in prayer. And I think a lot of what happened in the 2020 elections had to do with the complacency of God's people and our unwillingness to do the hard work of intercession. And you guys, uh, Jennifer, can I just ask you to add me? I would humbly ask you to add me to your list. (laughs) I need an intercessor. We need a team of them. And speaking of that, if you guys would like to join our team of prayer warriors, you can go, you can do that. If you go to HeidiStJohnForCongress.com, there's a, a volunteer tab at the top and you guys can volunteer to begin to pray. There's power in prayer. And when Jennifer says she's getting off the bench, she means it because prayer is the front lines of the battlefield. And we need more people to be interceding on behalf of the culture, on behalf of God's people. This needs to happen more and more and more. And you guys, God is at work. He really is. And I, I'm watching so many of you, you know, I hear from you and you, you know, you're writing into the podcast and tomorrow I'm going to do a bunch of your questions and you're writing into the podcast and you're saying that you are, you're starting your, the Lord is opening your eyes to what's happening around you. And it really does make a difference, doesn't it? Your eyes are being opened. You can see that God is doing something and He's calling you to be part of it, right? Off the sidelines and onto the front lines. We're not here for nothing. We are here because God has a plan and a purpose for our lives. You're right here at the right time. Just on time. The Lord of Heaven's armies, rarely early, but never late. And that's the same thing right now for every aspect of your life. In your mothering as you are finding yourself interceding for your children, all of these things, so important. They've never been more important uh, than they are right now. I want to say thanks to everyone who is leaving ratings and reviews for us over at iTunes. We are working our way to 10,000 reviews. You guys are awesome. Um, Keep them coming. Keep them coming. And we love to hear from you. We read every single one of those reviews and uh, we love them. Jamie, left a review the other day. She said, Heidi has been my all-around go-to for about a decade now. Started with her fun real-life blogs and books and now her wonderful podcast. We listen every morning, mostly as a family. We look forward to her teaching within her episodes, her guests, and her rawness. I can't even express to you the number of women I've shared the podcast to. Thank you, Jamie, for leaving that review. And uh, we are so thankful for all of you who are leaving reviews. We read them and I often don't, uh, I often don't remember to mention it over here at the podcast, but boy, you guys, uh, we appreciate it. I want to encourage you stay on, stay on the battlefield, stay engaged in the fight. You guys, the Lord is at work. And as you read his word, and as you become more familiar with, with the word of God and with the teachings of his word, it allows you to take those teachings out into the public square and actually be a blessing to be salt, right? We don't want to leave the salt in the salt shaker. We want to shake it all over the place, right? And uh, that's what studying the word allows you to do is to take the salt out of the salt shaker to be that salt and light that God has called you to be and actually impact the culture for the word of God and for the ministry that God has given you guys. If you want to have a question answered at the podcast, remember you can go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday, or you can go to anchor 
anchor.fm forward slash Heidi St. John forward slash message and uh, leave us a voicemail. I'm going to play a couple of those voicemails for you guys tomorrow. But the way to do that is just remember you have 60 seconds. And so it's okay to read it. You just want to keep it under under that, that minute mark or the anchor recording will cut you guys off and we can't have that. So we are so thankful for you guys. Remember this weekend, I'm going to be speaking at the People's Church in Salem, Oregon. You can find out more about that at HeidiStJohn.com forward slash events. We love you guys. Thank you so much for your financial support of this ministry. It enables us to do the thing that God has called us to do. And if you go to the show notes today, I will link back to how you can become a financial partner here at the Heidi St. John podcast. We love you guys. Have a great day. Love your families well, you guys. Uh, We're moving into springtime. We have an opportunity to uh, be hope and life to our children, starting in our own homes, right? You guys, this is where it starts. And then to the world around us. So love your families well today, you guys, and I will see you back here tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.